Welcome everyone to the Miss Art World podcast. I am your host, Catherine, with my co-host, Samuel. What up, Art World? So as most of you know, or maybe you don't, but Art Basel Miami just ended. Samuel and I went last year. We did go this year. Yeah, I saw um, the satellite show. A lot of the interesting performance from satellite. I love the satellite shows because it performance art is so and performance artists hate it but it's crazy it's so crazy and out there and so much fun Mm -hmm. like you I don't think I've ever been to a performance art and been like I hated it it's just such a it's like a roller coaster everyone should definitely get into going to see performance art because it's weird it's so weird and it's giving you something to talk about and it's different than uh you know seeing it on instagram to like actually being there a hundred percent it's completely different because you know that they're filming it in a way but actually being in the space the sound the way that the artists like it's completely different Uh, yeah there was uh some interesting pieces this year do you know them yeah Okay, so what was the one with the girl with the boobs hanging out and they're all like drinking colored drinks and it's like, it's almost like a beach party, but on acid or is, is that the one that she was like, uh, it was like breast milk? It might've been. I, I didn't read it. I just look at pictures on Instagram. I do very little reading. And um, it was like her, she was wearing this outfit where her, Boobs were completely out, but she had this like uh, dress that was all like sequins and crazy colors, and it went in between her boobs and then around like they it was like a bra supporting it, but like the boobs, the boobs, the breast were completely exposed. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to do a whole nother. I want to try and get the director on because she's said that she'd be on our podcast before. Mm-hmm. I know she's been busy because um, I saw I think it's the same one where it was a girl like pretty much milking herself and then you could drink the milk it was it out in like a backyard looking area yeah and um, so satellite did it differently this year than when we've done it or when we were with them last year instead of so last year they had it in a space <clears throat> like in a kind of an empty mall mm-hmm. storefront. Um, this year they had it on the beach. And oh, they, so much cooler. And they had um, the like shipping containers as different art spaces. Okay, mm-hmm. right. Br- uh, such a brilliant idea. Yeah. Sure. Much. It almost feels like claustrophobic sometimes in that space. Mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of get a sense of what were the main takeaways this year for mm-hmm. people. So um, the the articles that really popped up um, for Basel Miami was a artist uh, doing breast milking, but not even at satellite. It was at by uh, Basel Miami itself. Like yeah, the big uh, convention center and they weren't part of an exhibit they just must have gone in 
and then it was two people that started kind of shouting about how women's bodies are um, idealized. Mm-hmm. And then they started milking the artist, which it's a little bit unknown if it was her actual milk or if it was like kind of this rigged set yeah, or rigged bodysuit. And then they started auctioning off the milk. They got up to a hundred or 200 K and then the two were forcibly removed from the premises. But that was kind of the major news from Miami. Week, yeah. Which. What do I, they mean by idealized? Uh, old women's bodies up on like a pedestal. Fetishized. Fetish- it, it is a conversation that maybe it's just because my art is talks about the women's body, but I feel like this is not a new conversation yeah. about how women breastfeed and how breasts are fetishized and sexualized when they're also used to like feed the baby and how people don't like breastfeeding in public. Yeah, I mean, I was having this thought the other day um, because someone was basically complaining about the same thing. Like, uh, where you live in a very, or the U.S. is very hyper-sexualized. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you go over to, like, Europe, and, I mean, we only know people in Europe, and it's not like we can, we've lived there for a long time, but you have uh, places where, you know, being nude or naked or topless isn't as bad. But they still like guys there still love boobs. So there's no difference, right? <laughs> or is it just that it's more taboo that it's talked about more or more uh, heightened or uh, excitable because it's taboo when over there it's not? But at I... the same point, they're still both attracted to, like men are still both attracted to breast, exposed or not exposed in both places. I think in America, it's almost like, like women are shamed for showing their breasts, like, oh, that lady's a slut. Mm -hmm. Whereas in other countries, I don't know if they get that because you're right. It's still like women's breasts are beautiful in other countries, but in France are other women calling women who are nude or at least topless sluts. Like, Probably. Do they have that slut shaming culture there? I think every culture does. I was listening, uh, um, listening to this person do a whole segment about um, prostitution, mm. and in places uh, that find prostitution illegal, the biggest speakers out about uh, prostitution being illegal are women, not because they feel. Uh, bad for the women in prostitution but they don't want like it it was the whole premise that they don't want uh, them to be on equal footing with a person that's not doing prostitution or like someone that doesn't and they don't want it to take away from what they're experiencing or what they're doing so they're basically in other words slut shaming the people that do want to legalize prostitution because it's you know it's their body their right to do whatever they want 
that's how they want to make money they can make money uh but it's the people that the it's the women that are more vocal about it than anyone else the women that aren't prostitutes yeah yeah see i hate to call out women but i feel like half the time it's women hurting other women like mm -hmm. being our worst enemies and it's like i don't know guys we should i get disliking what other people do but i also don't find the same kind of hate like i don't understand the same hate for a woman's choice in other ways like if i chose to photograph myself topless i would get a bunch of hate and it'd probably be all from women yeah well you'd also get uh several dudes to say inappropriate like really weird inappropriate remarks but the the amount what you're talking about is very skewed towards that's much more heavier on the women's side than it is on the male side because mm -hmm. the male you do have and I'm throwing a number out there. It's not going to be correct. But like 10%, 10% are just weird, angry, hurtful creeps that yeah. love to get on the internet and like bad mouth people. But then you have other, you have normal women or women that feel normal and everything else that will get up on their like soapbox and belittle and put down the other one. Mm-hmm for you know naked pictures and stuff like that it's weird to me i don't understand that kind of thinking even with like <clears throat> with drag queens i think a lot of women hate on drag queens and it's i feel like they almost feel like drag queens are taking away what it is to be a woman mm -hmm. and that i it's not it at all they're just trying to express themselves as a woman in a different way it doesn't take away from you being a woman yeah well i i feel like there's a big and this is not necessarily it is an art topic because the art always talks about current events and like what's going on when in the human condition mm -hmm. but um i think or it feels like there's kind of like a war going on with the idea not necessarily of your sexuality because your sexuality is very different than what you identify as. But I feel people feel threatened when you're giving more choices to identify as different things, mm -hmm. not what you feel sexually attracted to, but identify as. And I think that's the big confusion that we see because I have been hearing uh, debates on, you know, on the news and stuff like that, where they talk about these two separate things as being the same, <laughs> because what your what you identify as i identify as a male so i feel masculine um and i'm you know heterosexual those are two very different things and people are talking as if they are one and the same mm -hmm. because you know you i can identify as a man because i feel manly but also be gay and <laughs> like uh men and that would make that doesn't correlate to being a man yeah <laughs> i think there's the big difference and i think we're getting very confused and i think uh the government is confused about it as well because you have older people trying to get a grip on it and like if you look at the san francisco list you have a whole list of things that you can identify as and a lot of them are your sexual preference not what you actually are mm -hmm. yeah which is interesting i 
there could be more than three, but I feel like there's there's technically just three things, and maybe I'm just not educating it correctly. But like uh, from my understanding, it, and from the people I've talked about, especially in LA, it's you have you're a man, or you don't identify as a man or a woman, or you are a woman. There's that that, that middle ground, and if you maybe you could identify as both, which then there's the fourth one. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a crazy, crazy idea, or maybe it's always been a, a conversation that the us as human beings have had. Because there are different cultures that even have an actual word, that not just uh, transsexuals or someone that's doesn't that uh, is in the middle. They actually have like a word in their language for that middle part. We really don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is not a new concept. It's humans have had to have this conversation since humans existed it's not like we have a we have way more people with different um ways that they identify now all of a Mm -hmm. sudden it's probably been this way this whole time but religious people or religion kind of hinders that open conversation because it doesn't fit in their yeah or just the idea of change Mm -hmm. when something doesn't fit in your boxes it's kind of world shattering yeah (laughs) you have to kind of rebuild it um it's going to be really interesting to seize um the art of this conversation because it's such a big conversation in the next 15 years because art real art doesn't spring up instantly from it (laughs) it takes time to make that art and to process it and stuff like that. So we're gonna see some really interesting art about this subject entirely 10 years from now that talks about this. And that will be really, when you go to a modern art museum, going through and seeing those pictures and stuff like that. Yeah, I like how you said the government's confused because I feel like the government's always confused. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So what, uh, you have the, the breast milk. Yeah, um, which I've maybe I don't know. I was like, if this is the biggest news article or the biggest takeaway from Miami Art Week, I'm like, I don't know. It's been done before. I've mm-hmm. seen artists do this at satellite. There was an artist milking herself. I don't know if it's the same artist. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. But it's not a new thing. And the artist who was being milked, I do think uh so they said it appears to be a prosthetic. Okay. The artist has told people that it's as real as they want it to be. So if you believe it's real <laughs> breast milk, it's real breast milk. <laughs> I believe in Santa, as real as Santa. Um, it's as real as you want it to be. <laughs> but there was another piece that I thought you would really enjoy. Um, that had people talking or excited at Basel was a fully functioning ATM machine that Mm. people based on how much was in their bank account. And so it would take a picture of you and then it had like a leadership board or a leaderboard of who had the most in their bank account. It's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. There's several, I was looking at it and 
to me, I thought it was just going to be like a couple thousand dollars, like who keeps millions and millions of dollars in their checking account. There was a couple, like several, when I was looking at it, had several. There's one person that when I looked at it had like eight million dollars. That was the top. That oh, was what? Okay. The top. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my goodness, like what? Ten percent of that, please. <laughs> yeah, I and I thought it's so interesting how people are willing to do it. Like mm-hmm. if you have that much money in your account and you're willing to like have your photo up on the board, just blows my mind. Oh yeah. Um, but it, I I thought that was a very interesting idea. Mm-hmm. But I was reading about kind of what was selling um, mm-hmm. during the weekend, and they were talking about how when Miami first started Basel, which was in the early two thousands, it was really more geared towards performance, digital. Uh, photography um, and now it's completely shifted away from that to paintings again to oh really more institutionalized whereas when it first started started out it was not that way at all Mm -hmm. why I think because that's how you start something exciting you start Mm -hmm. with performance and Get people uh, to talk about digital. It. Yeah, that's what like could, people get excited about. They could still have like a whole performance section or like a, a performance thing because I I feel like satellite shouldn't be the performance area because that's different. It's different. They're trying to get started, and it's a great idea to have performance that way. But when we walked around the main part of Art Basel, I wasn't that impressed with that section it because was just, it's all paintings right yeah, all it, paintings over and over and over and over again and it's all paintings that are roughly the same that are trying to sell mm-hmm. it looks like you're going to um like a, an art store just to buy paintings it's not and you can oh actually is the, you remember the you go to like a walmart and you'd see the posters and you'd look to buy a poster and you just flip through all the posters to see which number you'd want mm-hmm. down there. It, feel, it felt like that, mm-hmm. where people are just standing around in their poster section that you can kind of look at and then you pick your poster if you have the money to do it. Yeah. It was less exciting. The other things like Satellite and what was the other one we went to that was on the beach? Um, Untitled. Untitled. Way better by a lot. I would say don't even go to the main art basil because you'll be bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what this article was saying is that Miami Basel is no longer for people like you and I who just Mm -hmm. want to see really interesting art. It's for institutions, which is museums and uh, collectors. It's like the, the people that are buying artwork for um, spaces that wouldn't be in the home. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> like uh art creators that do um uh, hotels and fancy hotels and stuff like yes. that yeah which uh, i think you would do great at i would love that job it's got to be so hard it's so much networking because i feel like that's what it really is is just networking 
-hmm. but I feel like you'd be really good at having all these connections and being dressed up fancy and going in and saying I'll take this piece piece yes for three million dollars done sold (laughs) that's why like the breast milk piece which isn't even a part of their programming is Mm -hmm. what people are talking about and the ATM which is completely different than a painting oh yeah those are the things that people are excited about. Those are the two things that I saw, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, because I follow uh, Satellite, so I saw a couple different performances and stuff, or snippets of performances. But yeah, it's... Uh, and I'm interested to know if there was a lot of AI stuff there. Because AI art is such a big topic this last year mm-hmm. um, to see how much... It, like AI art was there and if it sold of at, at, at all because I feel like um, we're gonna, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit um, there's this big uh, in, app that's going around that you can upload your photos and it makes an AI uh, artwork of you and you can post it and whatnot oh is that what you posted recently yeah I posted the AI artwork of myself um, but uh an artist that i i like a lot and i want him to be on here uh at some point because uh he's really a fabulous artist um he he said wow this looks great i'm very scared of this like it it looks good and you know in the future it's going to be even better i'm very scared of this and my comment to him was like you shouldn't be scared of this because to me, there's no soul in this. This is not art. This is like clip art or like just a renditioning. It's like, or like a picture. It's like something different. But I didn't say that exactly. I was like, you shouldn't be scared of it because it doesn't have a story with it. It's just AI driven. It's not the same. You're not doing the same. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, Bre- uh, Daniel, our cousin, jumped on, basically said the same thing. Like everyone was terrified of photography when photography came out that it was going to take the place of portraits nope portraits are still here um it's just a different medium Mm -hmm. and i think the ai section of that won't necessarily be it won't necessarily be um mainstream i think it'll be more for i need something cool on my wall that is this my idea and it posts it but there's no soul behind it. It's you painting your wall now or you putting up a picture you like, but it's not necessarily art. It's the like aesthetic. It's like design almost. Design, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or there's no story behind it. Mm-hmm. It's like almost it, what you're, how you're describing it almost sounds like AI art will be future wallpaper like how we pick out wallpaper now it will it won't be considered art on people's walls it will be considered like a part of the design aesthetic that's i mean if it is on someone's wall because i i think you can easily eventually you'll be able to uh screens will get so thin and small that uh, and you'll be able to like do magnets that most your wall if you want to change the color you just come up and redesign the color of your wall Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it would be uh, like, wouldn't that be awesome? Like, I don't feel this color. This is what I want. That would be super cool. Uh, it just made me rethink now that we're talking about this. I think the issue will be with AI artwork is um, they just had this art contest where the winner ended up because the art contest is supposed to be for actual artists. Mm -hmm. And when they kind of analyzed the winner's piece, they figured out that it could not have been done by human hand and that the artist had used AI to create the art piece and pass it off as his own artwork. Like oh, really? Mm -hmm. So um, I, I'll have to follow up on the story and see what happened with like the winnings and if they had to choose someone else. But I can see that being the issue of being, of artists saying, I did this, when really it was a computer generated image all oh. along. Exactly. And I think it'll be very easy to trace if it is. And I think eventually it'll be very easy. It's like uh, how Bitcoin first came out and people were like, oh, it's completely non-traceable, the tokens. And it turns out it's 100% traceable. Like every coin spent can be traced all the way through. It's not like cash because it has a code and it has a trail and you can see exactly where it goes. So it's worse. Like you said uh, originally that it was untraceable. And I think with uh, AI art, it'll be that way as well. He, and I think um, if I had to guess that, uh, that when AI art looks phenomenal and you can almost do whatever you want with it, because I think in several years, we'll get to that point that flaws and mistakes and things like that within the art, which is what we already love already as human beings, will become more prevalent in art. Mm -hmm. That people will start trying to do mistakes on purpose, even though, and that will mess up the art in that way too, because you'll have these huge weird mistakes, like someone pretended to drop paint on this one section or like it's, smudged here and they do it on purpose to try to show that they are human but i think it'll then mess up everything or well, not mess up everything but just be a weird style of art That'll or be i'll be super fueled by stories behind an art piece like the andy warhol painting that was shot and has a bullet hole through it yep um like that's gonna be like you said, the um, kind of mistakes or the error within the piece that people will love. Um, well, I always said art has a story behind it. it it's not just the artist. It's not just the, the way the picture makes you feel. And a lot of times it is it, the initial instant when you like an art piece is that how does this make you feel? What is it? It's not just pretty to look at, but it gave you some kind of feeling mm -hmm. now what's and then when you dig deeper what's the story behind that is makes it makes you connect to it even more makes it much more of an art piece and the more you dive into the story behind it i think the more art the more big and art like it actually becomes and that's art the soul yeah. the connection of souls the connection of souls yep beautiful and with AI, it doesn't, I, 
it's soulless as of right now. I think if it was able to feel and be like, I'm sad, and it like <laughs> did a picture, and it was a sad picture, then uh, you know, um, it's different. The AI that won the first place was at the Colorado State Fair, which is, I guess, is a very big fair to win <laughs> competition. I think it's just, happened. I think it just makes news because it makes news. Yes. It's not, it, there's no way at the state fair, it can't be the biggest in Colorado. This is, this is people that are kind of into art picking what they like. And of course, I like the art pictures that it rendered for me. I was like, man, my hair cool. is on point. Like I look great. <laughs> well, I was uh, listening to Trevor Noah and they were talking about a uh, chat box that's all AI generated mm -hmm. and the chat box can not only write like a movie script and poetry but also explain to you complicated physics in the voice of a pirate <laughs> <laughs> and it was just interesting to talk to think about AI being creative but they're just following a formula yeah it is. And that's with this, uh, this app that everyone's all talking about. And you can see uh, my Instagram is full of it, um, of people doing it. Um, after you see a several, they start look, like there's very key noticeable things that pop up over and over and over again. And the challenge for an artist will be to break that formula. Yep. Oh yeah, exactly. But there's so many things I think they can pull from because they need it. They need it to be free online for them to be able to steal the 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 idea of that art, mm -hmm. that style. It it's a uh, crazy. Like I feel like uh, art for a long time has like huge periods of it being the same for like. 20 years and uh, maybe an art historian can tell me i'm crazy but like you have these pieces because if you go through like a certain century they all kind of look the same especially in like in rome you go look at roman art it all roughly looks the same and then you have a jump and then you have another jump and then the as we get uh more advanced i feel like we're having more jumps in art, there's so many changes so fast in the last century um, that it's either we're living it, we just see it a lot more, and in a thousand years, it will just be art of this century, and it will look, look the, the same. same. Yeah. So who knows? It, it could be just history makes only the pieces that survive are the ugly, same-looking pieces, and no one has kept it put on their wall and the fire has taken it and stuff like that so we don't lose any of these pieces yeah it's interesting mm -hmm. um but overall the article that was talking about what was selling uh said that the galleries were super happy and people are buying art so if you're worried about people not buying art it's not happening at miami beach because they're buying art for nice. three million dollars yeah now you just have to uh, again they're they're spending a lot of money on the name of the artist that built it up if you wanted to buy the atm machine samuel you could have for seventy five thousand dollars 
Oh, which actually isn't that much. That's not that much, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's not too bad. It would be a cool piece to put up in like Santa Monica Promenade. Mm -hmm. Every day it, it switches, but I feel like it'd definitely be vandalized. For sure. And if it's an actual working ATM, I'm sure there's, you have to like put money in there and oh, yeah. retain it if you have it out and about to keep it going. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that was talked about, and we've talked about it a lot on our podcast was crypto and yep. how FTX has been this big thing um, and they were supposed to be a big thing in uh, Miami Basel this last weekend like they had a ton of shirts and merchandise and artwork hanging and basically um, the world of art is ignoring that. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Miami crypto scene partied through Art Basel like FTX never happened is the news article, <laughs> which is very interesting because they even had a uh, art piece that was signed by a famous chess uh, player mm -hmm. that was supposed to be up on display. And it was up on display, but a lot of the other merchandise were like stuffed in boxes or in trash bags. And the art world's just kind of ignoring all of it. Wow. Mm -hmm. It would have been uh, great to be able to go, but, you know, someone got married, someone got pregnant. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not this year, but it, it would be fun to go. I would love to go every year. Oh, right. Especially if you had a performance to do. Yes. Which you need to start doing more performances or I'm going to take the mantle and do all of my list of performances that I've been telling you about at last Art Basel. <laughs> as long as you do it under the uh, whatever Miss Art World name you would like to claim. <laughs> uh, I can't even remember what Art, Miss Art World. Anti? No, because that was uh, Ashley's Mm -hmm. uh anti-art world where she's uh has no colors yes she would honestly uh so my wife for any not no one knows her on this podcast but <laughs> my wife has always said that she wanted to be deemed anti miss art world and go to events with katie and be only in black and white because what katie wears is like colors like the the rainbow threw up on her and there's so many colors mm -hmm. and she would only wear black and white. And I thought of that when I was watching that uh, new show on Netflix, which is Wednesday, because mm -hmm. she's only in black and white. Yeah. And it, it made me laugh. Uh, and it has, I guess it has nothing to do with art, but it made me laugh when she goes, uh, the actress um, tells the other girl that is her roommate who has this explosion of colors in her room. She says she's allergic to color and makes all her whole room black and white on the other side. Well, I like how she asked what happens to her, um, like as a follow-up to her statement of I'm allergic to color. She's like, oh, what happens to you? <clears throat> 
Does she say she breaks out in hives or? Yes, she says yeah. she breaks out in hives. <laughs> I, uh, I'm enjoying that show. I like the like brooding artist. <laughs> yeah, it's. Love interest guy. It's who a can fun like show. make his artwork come to life. With his little spider. Yeah. Uh, How far I, have you gotten? I feel like I'm. I, I've already finished it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to uh, get us to try to get back onto art, but if we want to talk about this. Well, I think we're, I think we're good as far as the episode, right? As the episode, it's just going to end randomly as I <laughs> start talking about this. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening to uh, this podcast. I, hopefully Katie doesn't cut any of this out. That is just all straight streaming, even when she's having me talk as she frantically looks up more stuff I've asked questions about on the news article because she can't <laughs> she didn't do her research <laughs> I had so much uh I was gonna plan to do my research and mm -hmm. then uh, by the time I get, got home I was like oh crap it's three o'clock right now and my stupid computer is trying to download zoom again I uh talking about that I was at Target I was like okay I got an hour went to the bank, got money for the trip because uh, I'm going on honeymoon and uh, went to Target, was going around there. And then all of a sudden I looked down, I'm like, oh man, I got three minutes to three. I got to get going. So I bought it. Thank God Target's just down the street. So I ran home. Mm -hmm. But you know what? You wear lots of bright colors. Let's talk. Let's talk about bright colors. We're we're on the subject already, and we're As not I'm in full black. <laughs> yeah, you're in full black. You wear bright colors, mm -hmm. um, and you saw what I was wearing—that crazy multi-tie-dye uh, hoodie at the beginning—and uh -huh. I always wear crazy, like bright shoes. Do you think it's genetic that we like? a splash of color or do you think it's uh nurture uh it's probably a mix of both i also think that because it's probably genetic because we <laughs> come from creative people mm -hmm. uh, but it's also i think nurturing because we have been raised to not really care that much about what other people think um because I know a lot of women I know a lot of women which are professional older women who will not wear lipstick not wear the color red lipstick because they think it's too bold like too flashy like they only wear nude coloring because they don't want to draw attention to their lips like they're scared of the color red for their lips Oh, really? And I'm just like, why? It's such a beautiful color, but it's like too bold for them. They don't want to stand out too much. I'm like, I stopped caring about that a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know why this popped in my head, but I was trying to find more purple because I went on my bachelor party and I was wearing a purple polo and I was like, wow, I look really good in purple. <laughs> It is so hard to find anything in purple as a man. There's no no purple whatsoever. I found one shirt today. I was walking around. I was like, oh, I'm not gonna. I don't want to buy it, but I'll I'll put it on to see if it looks good. And it didn't because it was like a weird off shoot of purple. 
but there's no per and the, it was so baggy it was like a, a short fat midget <laughs> design shirt is uh but so it didn't fit right but there's no purple at all i walked through the whole store it's like oh they got purple i'm gonna see if there's any other purple mm -hmm. nope can't find a single one yeah i don't think we're afraid to stand out and like the what are you wearing type of category yeah we're, you we're, have all kinds of funky suits too yeah i love that tyler would suits. never wear even though i would love him in kind of cooler suits he would never wear them because I think he just wouldn't want to stand out like that. I don't yeah. know. Well, I think you also have a, maybe it's you have an idea of, uh, in your head of what color like suits you best or what you've got the most compliments on. And I feel that I should be all different colors, <laughs> like a like a little kid dressed up himself, and it's just blah! It's this explosion. I like it. If you want also to like borrow my uh, rainbow fraternity dress, you can. <laughs> oh, thank you. I also like straight black though too, and that's one thing I've started getting back into because I like just black from head to toe. Not mm. every day, just you know, some days. I refuse to wear black, all black to an event, especially for art, because uh, the first time I went to Art Basel, I was in all black and some lady tried to buy the Picasso next to me because she thought <laughs> I worked for the gallery. I was like, oh no, uh, don't wear black in the art world because they'll think that you work for the gallery. You should have sold it to her. I should have. Ran away with your check. Get get. Uh, I only take cards. <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, Katie, Miss Art World, this has been fun, but I got to go back and pack. All right, <laughs> bye everyone. Thank you for listening. This will be the last episode of this year, but we will be back with more episodes in two thousand and twenty-three. And we are still looking. We're looking for. Uh, artists that have a new show that's coming up or anything that they want to kind of promote. Uh, we're looking to interview a lot more artists. So um, I think what we'll, even if you don't think you're, you're up and coming or have anything big to promote, come in and talk about it. Because our whole idea of this is to, you know, get people to talk about art and what art means to them. Because art means differently to everyone. And it would be great to hear your idea of art. So um, we're even if definitely you're not an artist, it. right? What? If they just even if they're not an artist and they just have like a weird opinion about art, I yeah. But I think you might them. open the door for some nuts, pretty weird people to come in. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not giving those people a platform. No, they can get their own platform. We're looking for artists. We want people that great. Or art creative. history. Yes, people that buffs. have art. Mm -hmm. Sounds yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye everyone. Thank you again. Bye.